Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. I'm not the one bringing you the main message today, but I do have an appetizer for you before Anthony gets up here. I'll be interested to see if this ties into what you have going. But first, I want to read our scripture of the year from who was here last week. Awesome. Well, we anointed everybody last week for the new year, and it was awesome. If you missed out on that, I'd be happy. We'd be happy to do that at the end of the service today. So we can remind me. Don't let me forget. We'll make sure you get anointed too. Uh, But we talked about our scripture of the year, and it's Psalms 145, verse 6 and 7. Y'all, because this is the year of the manifest goodness of God. There's going to be so many great stories to tell that Dylan won't be able to keep up with them all. But he's going to do his best. So here's what it says. It says, your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. I love everyone will share the story. You all are going to have a story of the wonderful goodness of God, and we will sing with joy about your righteousness. Amen. That's so good. I actually want to read you all of Psalms 145. Don't worry, it's not very long because I believe it's prophetic for this entire year. And just to make sure that you get it, will you just close your eyes and bow your head for me and just listen to the word of God? Here's what it says. It says, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate. He's slow to get angry, and he's filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord will always keep his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and he lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all who look to you in hope, you give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Wasn't that beautiful? Man. So keep that down, write that down, Psalm 145. Look at it every day because it'll bless you this year. That is the scripture of the year. We will see the manifest goodness of God. Anybody see the manifest goodness of God this past week? Raise your hand. Awesome. Look at all that. That's so awesome. All right. So that was just a recap of what's going on this year. Hold on. I still got two more minutes. Here Here comes the appetizer. We're going to be getting into talking about the Holy Spirit here in the coming weeks and taking our relationship with him to the next level. 
How many of you know that uh, you are a host of the Holy Spirit? You host the Holy Spirit because the Bible says that he comes to live on the inside of you. So you're hosting him in your body and you're hosting him in your mind. How many of you guys are being good hosts? Good. How many of you all got a clean house going on up here? Because you know when you're hosting at your house and you're having your friends over and things like that. How many of you guys who are married here have a wife that just goes crazy around the house getting everything ready? Raise your hand, men, if that's, I mean, she's just going wild, right? Just cleaning up a storm. I actually saw a funny video on Instagram not too long ago where the wife was doing that. She's wiping the kitchen counter. She's cleaning the bathroom. She's emptying all the trashes just like in a, in a fury, right? Trying to get the house clean. And what's the husband doing? He was on the roof. Maybe nothing. But in this video, he was on the roof with a leaf blower, blowing the leaves out of the gutters. A very appropriate task for when the guests are coming over, right? Get out of the house and let your wife go do her thing, right? Just get out of her way. (laughs) I thought that was great. It actually reminded me of my father-in-law who's in heaven. I was like, that is exactly what Stan would have been doing while Sandy was cleaning up the house. Am I right? (laughs) man that's good stuff but you are a host of the holy spirit and that's why the bible says to only think on good things only think on good things because you are preparing a place for the holy spirit that is his place in your mind and in your body so take care of your body take care of your mind be a good host for the holy spirit but here's the good news he's going to hang around even if you're not a good host but it's going to be much better if you are a good host all right that was the appetizer everybody welcome anthony he's got our message today uh, me too. Hey, yeah. Okay. Before I before I even start saying anything. All right. So about the about the getting ready. We hit, we had a, a lot of people over at our house um, over the holidays, and I kid you not, we're we're doing what everybody else does, getting the house ready. And we have we have four kids and three dogs, guys. And we have this banister that comes down our stairs, and it it doesn't. I mean, from seventeen to eight to all the dogs, they are just railing around this banister, and so it's missing some legs, right? Because they they grab it, they pivot on it, they go, and so there's two missing there, right? And uh, it's, it's like maybe two hours before everybody comes over. And my wife, bless her heart, she's on the front row. She's like, you're not going to fix that? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I, I could because we're God. We can, we can do anything, right? We can fix it. I could, but <laughs> I'm probably going to make more of a mess in that two-hour window than I am. And I was like, if somebody has a problem with that banister, I was like, they're not going to know it was supposed to be there. And if they look closer, they grab for it, they're going to miss it anyway, so it doesn't matter. So anyway, so 100%. I wasn't blowing off gutters, but I don't, I probably will next time now. Thank you, Kay. So um, appreciate the introduction. My name is Anthony for you guys that don't know me. Um, and typically when people kind of come up here and give an intro, um, I want to tell you a little bit about myself before I start talking. A little bit why I'm up here today. Um, last week, I don't know if anybody noticed me last week, but I noticed me last week because I'm kind of I'm close to myself. And uh, I was a mess. Last week, a complete mess last week. I woke up a mess, um, a good mess, like a spiritual mess, right? Um, I don't, I, I'll try, and a lot of my praying up here today was like, hey, just keep it together. Lord, just come on, I get it. I get it that when you're, you're flowing through me, you want them to see you and not me, and I 100% understand, but at least let me articulate the words and keep the tears to where I can still see, right? So that's what I'm working on. It was not like that last Sunday um, at all. I didn't wake up that way. I didn't show up that way. I didn't receive the anointing that way, and I was, I was, I was talking to people, it, it, was a, it was a two-way street, and I don't know half of what was said most of the time, and then I finally get it together because I think I was the last one to come up, right? And then I, was, I, was, I made it, and then Bob happened, and 
comes over and speaks to me and it's like, and, he, and he's, I can't even articulate what you said to me, right? I don't even want to say it out loud because I'm going to start crying again, but he had a, he had a word for me from God, right? And it just ripped through my spirit and my soul like nothing else. And I about fell apart right over here on the side of the stage. And um, I, I just want to tell you, thank you, because it is a, you confirmed everything I was afraid of that I thought was wrong. And you let me know that all that I thought was wrong was from the Holy Spirit. And you, guys, when you get something like that, you better, one, you better thank the person. You don't have to do it up here with a mic, but you, you got to receive it, right? Um, and so, so what I can tell you about myself is I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner, guys. I, I struggle. Um, I got my whole family on the front row, and they get a front row seat to a lot of our struggles. You know, you get here up here, and, and I'm, I'm so pleased in it, and I get a passion like, oh, you know, my kids have never seen, seen us fight. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. My kids have seen us fight. My kids have seen us get drugged through the dirt. My kids have seen us not know what we're going to do the next day. My kids have seen the, the worst of what life has to offer through a marriage, through a family, through a bringing up. And they've also seen the best, and they've seen the, the trials and tribulations. And some days I, and I've been broken, and some days I still feel broken. But let me tell you what else I, else I am. I am. I am forgiven. Guys, I am forgiven. I have favor. I have favor. Lord, let me else tell you something else, guys. I am worthy. How many people wake up in the morning, especially Sunday morning, especially when they're coming on their way to this, and all of a sudden, they don't feel worthy. They don't feel like they, they can put on the face to walk in the door, right? I've been there. Guys, that's not the spirit, right? Let me, and it's like, oh, and now he's being boastful. You're dang right I'm being boastful, because you, know you know what Satan doesn't want us boasting about? Our relationship with Christ. Let me tell you something. I'll go a step further. I, I'm a saint, Guys, I have apostleship on my life, right? And so do all of you. I got a measure of faith equal to Christ himself that he gave me. I am just as righteous as my buddy Paul on the drums. I have just as much faith as our Pastor Kate in the back. That's amazing, right? We're going to get to that here in a minute. Um, now, before, for those of you who don't know me, one, I talk with my hands, so this mic's going to go in and out, and I'm going to try really hard to be able to talk with my hands and speak with the mic, so we're going to, we're going to deal with that. But before I can speak, for, this, is, this is for those who don't know me yet. Um, i got to throw up a disclaimer, right? So, so Acts 17.11. So before I start speaking, we talk about Acts 17.11. And if you don't know what Acts 17.11 is, I'm not going to tell you. That's the, that misses the whole point of Acts 17.11. Um, but if you don't, find out what Acts 17.11 says, you may not be as cool as someone from Berea, right? That's all I'm going to say with that. Um, so we talked a little bit about, about me, right? So let's talk about who, who are you? Who are you in Christ? Um, but what I can tell you is it's easy, right? That's kind of a couple things. Um, and I, you know, I'll preface a little bit more because when I was learning to speak, I got told, hey, don't ever, don't ever speak and give a message with sarcasm in it. Well, I broke that rule like the day I started speaking, and I still kind of consistent with breaking that rule. So, hey, hold on tight. And as long as I can get the message out before Mark or Cade, like, tackle me, we're, we're good. Um, so a couple things, right? Um, the, the reason I'm up here is I, I, 
believe it or not, I gave a testimony last week, and I didn't realize I gave a testimony until my buddy KC came out and said, hey, thank you for your testimony. If there's anything I hate giving is testimonies, guys. I can't stand it. I got up here to help my wife and nothing more but support my wife, and then the Holy Spirit took over, and he made me give a testimony for a work he's doing in my life, and I, that gum, I don't like that. And it's what we're supposed to do. And if you ask me, I'm like, hey, you need to testify. You're going to be a great testimony. And I'm thinking, yeah, as long as I don't have to do it. But he doesn't really care what you want. Let's just be honest. He cares what he needs, and he'll do it through you as long as you allow it, right? And so I appreciate Casey. I appreciate you coming up and saying that to me because that meant a lot. Um, so let's go through this, right? Who, who are you in Christ? Um, so this is real, real simple. Let's ask Paul who we are in Christ. And uh, I can read it over here while you guys look up there. It says, Paul. A servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle to set apart the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now, what is that saying to us? Guys, you guys are fixing to plow through the New Testament 90 days, which is cool, right? It's a lot of fun. But you can spend 90 days in one verse. You can spend 90 days in that verse right there, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Does anybody know what Paul's saying right there? What he's saying is that, hey, guys, All this is all packed in that Old Testament. Everything that's going right now has been laid out by God's prophets in the Old Testament. And and I'm speaking the fruition of those prophets, right? That's what he's saying right there. Um, And that's a lot to unpack because then you got to go back to the Old Testament. You got to say, well, did he really say that? And then they say, oh, and then you read the book of Isaiah and then you get to sidetrack because Isaiah says a lot. And anyways, it's a mess. Um, All right, so concerning his son, Jesus, his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was descendant of David, according to the flesh... It's like, all right, now, now I got to go check that reference, right? Really? Because Jesus was the son of God, and he just said he was from David. And like, okay, now I got to see, guys, come on. So have, enjoy your 90 days. Um, <laughs> and flesh was the powerful son of God, according to the spirit of the holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Now we got to go look up. He just said he was resurrected. That's somewhere in that old, oh, come on, man. That's a lot of work, right? We're just, we're through four verses, guys. A lot can come from this. Um, through him, we have received Two things up here, grace and apostleship, right? So as soon as you're thinking, hey, all I can do is accept Jesus and I'm clean and I go on my way and it's as easy and I'm done, you can do that, but that's not what you were called to do. You receive grace and apostleship. Apostleship means the great, you're part of the Great Commission. You're part of not just harvesting, you're part of planting also, guys. That's what that means. To bring about the obedience of faith for the sake in his name among all the Gentiles, including who? You, right? This goes all the way back to Beth, um, tongue and interpretation up here, right? She's like, you, yes, you. The one who thinks it's not you is you, right? And then again, here we go, cross-reference with Paul. He's telling us, hey, it's a you, right? Um, we're also called by Jesus. Oh, man. Okay, if you're still confused, right, if I didn't make that clear, go to Romans 12 too. Um, you can figure out why when you get there, right? Why I sent you that way. Um, but don't worry. Paul made this really difficult, right? Paul was like, hey, we received grace. Hoorah, we got it. We're done. We're there. We're going. Yes, sir. Um, but being a Christian is not, the apostleship part, super, super easy. We're going to lay that out, right? Because, because being an apostle, receiving that grace means you're a Christian, right? And when you're a Christian, Christian's real easy, right? A Christian's a peacekeeper, right? A peacekeeper. And a peacekeeper is also a people pleaser. So all we got to do is make everybody happy and get the doors filled up and make sure you feel like you're ready to rock and roll and get on with your day and take on the world. And you just get all this joy when you're here and we're all excited, right? That makes a lot of sense. It feels good, 
feels great. Well, that's what Paul made it difficult. Let's ask Jesus then, because who cares what Paul thinks, right? Nobody cares what Paul thinks. Let's go ask Jesus. So let's go to Matthew 10, 34. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Don't worry. Jesus and I are tight. We'll have a talk after this, and he'll talk to Paul, and we'll get this all lined out. Because, because, if you keep reading in Matthew, which you guys will get there pretty quick if you're starting in the New Testament, um, it doesn't get any easier to swallow as you go down in those verses, right? And so that's where I encourage you, hey, take that note and read on, because you're going to be, if you think that's difficult to swallow, that Jesus, our Savior, Jesus that loves everybody, and everybody loves Jesus, and I got my Jesus pin, and I just want to love you like I love Jesus, and everything's wonderful, and we're all happy, he just said he brought a sword. He says a lot more than that, too, if you want to keep reading. Um, but I digress, because I want to get back to where Christian's being fun, right? So, thank the Lord that Christians have it so easy. And we'll go back and ask Paul, right? So I tried asking Paul. We, it didn't work out. Jesus made it harder. So let's go back to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 12. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. Well, because, of course, the Lord removed it then, right? Three times? I mean, come on. He got rid of that. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I most gladly boast all the more about my weakness, so that Christ's power may reside in me, so that I take pleasure in weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That is brutal. But thank God he said it that way, right? I don't like being weak, guys. I don't like feeling broken. I don't like being poured out. Thank you, Beth. Right? It's not the fun part. It's a, it's a, cyclical, it's a, it's a cyclical event. Now, I will, check, I, will, I will put it to this, guys. There are um, a lot of things that happen in your life, right? And there's a lot of reasons for those lots of things that happen in your life. And you can... When you become a Christian, when you start walking with Christ, he just said that he didn't, we're not, we're not here to keep the peace. We're not here to please people. And we're not here for it to be easy and fun and perfect all the time because we just got told to take pleasure in weakness. Paul himself, which was one of the, I love reading stuff about Paul, even though you can get really aggravated in it. He said straight up that he asked Jesus three times to remove it from him. And Jesus in Christ said, my Grace is sufficient. So if you guys aren't reading in between the lines, what that says is sometimes you can ask for things and the answer is no. Have you ever told your kids no? As a parent, have you ever told your kids no? Guess what? Lord tells you no to, all right? And do you like it? No, guess what? He didn't ask you to like it either, right? He's sovereign, right? He, his authority is sovereign, didn't ask you to like it. Doesn't care if you do. He's just asking you to follow it. And everything he does do is in your best interest, whether you can see it from where you're standing or not. Same thing with raising your kids, right? Same thing. They don't understand why they have to go to bed at 9 o'clock. They don't have to understand why they had to turn the TV off when their show was almost over. hundred other million things, right? But you do because you have their mindset and best interest. You have everything in their best interest, right? You're trying to make sure that they are a better version of yourself. 
So when I look at that and I think about everything I do for my kids, everything I do for my family, I am trying to make them a better version of myself. Why on earth would I think that my godly father is not trying to make me a better version than himself? Think of that. We're a far, far cry from getting close in everything he does. Everything we work through, all of that. We, we say in our men's group all the time, the iron sharpens iron, right? Has anybody ever sharpened a knife and not seen sparks? Has anybody ever smooth as a stone? Everybody, anybody have a diamond in, in one of the rings, right? Look at that and see that, how beautiful that is. It was a lot bigger when it started. Nobody asked the diamond, but everybody loved what it got turned into, right? All right, so a couple things, and this is where I'm glad... You know, I'll, I'll say this. All this stuff is great in the Bible, um, but, man, thank God things have changed, right? Thank God that we understand that this is a, this is a living document, and we can apply it to today, right? Everybody know what a living document is? This right here? You know, my Jesus is living, Christ is living, Kay just said the Holy Spirit's living in me, so this document's alive, right? We can apply it however we want, whenever we want, as long as it's culturally acceptable, and what makes us happy because Christians are peacekeepers and peacekeepers are people pleasers, right? We just said that up front. I just said I put it on the slide. Come on now. You guys look at me. You got all excited. Now, this is what I'm saying. You, you guys kind of notice, right? You guys are getting all excited, and then you're like, whoa, wait. Maybe I shouldn't have been so excited about what he was saying, right? This is, this is, this is a couple reasons why I'm going through that, right? Because it is so easy to get distracted, by the worldly things. And it's so easy to hear a fraction of something that's good, right? So this has happened to me several times. It happened to me again this week. And it's like, you know what? Um, you know, Muslim, at least the Muslims are praying to the same God. They're just doing it in a different way. They have one God just like us. They do have one God. It's not mine. It can, it, it's not mine. My God's the God of Abraham. My God's the God of David. My God is not the God of Muhammad, right? And, and, and it's, but it's so much easier, and it's so much more acceptable, and it's so much more woke, and it's an easier conversation to have and get along with that person when you tie that in and you say, yeah, yeah, we're, it's just a different path to get to the same God. No, no, that is not Muslim religion. That's baptism. That's being Baptist, guys. It's a different path to the same God. There's nothing wrong with being Baptist. They just don't, they just skip all the fun, right? They're waiting for heaven in heaven, and we want heaven on earth, right? I want God moving through me now. I don't want to wait for it. I want to go get it, right? That's the only difference. We, we're, in the, we're in the fun lane, right? We get to, we get to do stuff. We get to, get, we get to get God's power through us on earth, and we get, to, we get to heal. We get to do all kinds of things, right? That's the difference. That's the different, that's the different path to, to righteousness. It's a different path to seeing them in heaven, the false prophet or somebody that is not of our God, of not of this Bible, that's not the same thing. It's a lot easier to articulate. And when you have friends that believe that, it makes the conversation a lot smoother. It helps you keep the peace. But I don't think that's what implied by when you're supposed to bring a sword. Right? I think they're supposed to know. I think you're supposed to tell them, even though it makes it uncomfortable. And I think it's a lot of things that we do, right? And, uh, and I go back to where you, you hear a lot about this. We'll, we'll tie government in a little bit about the Constitution being a living document, right? I wanna, this is said a lot. And it was really, really easy for me to get everybody excited when I'm saying, yeah, my Christ is living, my God's living, so my Bible's alive and it's living. And the guys that know it's not. It's not a living document. Let's define a living document really quick. A living document is a fluid document that is up to the interpreter, 
to apply the meaning to specific situations for cultural acceptance. Now let's fact check myself, right? So let's look at the book of Malachi 3, 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Biscuits. That makes it a lot harder to keep the peace, doesn't it? Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know who wrote that book. We got to talk to that guy too. I'm joking. I do know who wrote the book, guys. Sorry. All right, so with all that being said, guys, and the whole point is somebody, somebody read the slide at the front and said, look forward. Like, what are you saying all this, right? Fair warning. A um, little bit of a detour, okay? Because we're talking about, this, this, is, this is where it kind of ties in directly with what Kate was saying earlier, um, is that we have, you go all the way back to the book of Job to see some challenges that we go through. We're talking about the spiritual awakening. We're talking about the, the gold dust cloud coming our way. We're talking about we got to accept and believe. And we, you hear people with these testimonies of the things going good in their life, yet we're sitting back and we're like, you know, I am so, I am so glad her brother, one of the prodigal sons, is returning home. Well, but then in the same token, it's like, well, what about, you know, I've been praying for one too. He's not here yet. You know, I was, I was speaking today, and there wasn't, a, there wasn't a parking spot up front. I had to park to the back and walk. <laughs> right? It's a, it's a well, I, you know, Kate had a word for little Johnny, but little Susie was two feet away. He didn't give him a word. Right? It's that it's divisiveness. It's that, it's, that, it's that not looking forward. Right? As we go through this, and this body of Christ goes through this, and it's like, hey, is he making a point? Yeah, I'll get there. Just patience. This is fun. Um, we, have, we go through challenges for a lot of reasons. Right? We go through challenges because, guys, God forgives us, but we got to reap what we sow. Let's be honest, okay? We're forgiven, but it doesn't mean that we don't have to live through and deal with this, what we sowed, right? That's a fact. And so we can go a little bit, um, and sometimes we're foolish and we're disobedient. Just like we get onto our kids, the Lord has to, has to correct us. Kate just stood up here and said with correction too. Have anybody ever heard Kate come up here and say, hey, I'm here to make you happy? Does he make you happy sometimes? Sometimes he makes you want to throw a chair. <laughs> Let's go over to Hebrews real fast. All right, so this is, this is what happens. This is why I want to say, hey, like, when you're foolish and disobedient, right? So let's go to, go to Hebrews 12, 3 through 7. For consider him who have endured such hostility for sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to my son, or as to sons, sorry. My son, do not despise the chastising of the Lord. I mean, stop griping about it. That's what that means, right? We could have we got the uh, you know, New Living Translation, probably would have been a little easier. Um, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. You think Christ is really going to rebuke me? Why don't, you, why don't you read about the 12 apostles you're fixing to read about through the New, New Testament? I think he rebuked a couple of them. I'm pretty sure it was a couple Sundays ago, somebody got told, get back, Satan, or get behind me, Satan, right? It's like, that's not what I want my... God's saying to me, but sometimes it's what we need to hear, right? Because he's not talking to, and this is where, this is where you got to get that self-discernment, right? I'm not rebuking 
one of my sons or my daughter, I'm rebuking their steps and decisions in the direction they're going. I'm not rebuking the person. I'm rebuking the spirit that's guiding them to do the things that are unwell for where they need to go in their life. When God rebukes you, when God chastises you, it's not you. He's not punishing your soul. He is flicking at your flesh to let you know, hey, that is not what we're supposed to be doing. I already lost my spot, sorry. For whom the Lord loves and chastises and scourges, scourges every son whom he receives. So he, what does that say? It's not just you. He does it to everybody. And you got to think, and he's, these apostles walked with him from day one. And it's all this time spent with them. And they still get rebuked by him in the end. Right? They were, I, I can't remember the book, but it's like he rolls in there and none of them can cast out a demon. And Jesus is so frustrated. And I can say, you know, I, I know what the words would become an eye mouth out of my mouth if I was that frustrated with my kids. But he's a little more poetic than I am. And he's like, hey, do you guys, do you, have you learned nothing? This is easy. And he does it for them, right? He casts the demon out of the kid and everything's great. And he's so frustrated because they couldn't do it themselves because they hadn't seen something quite like that before, right? They couldn't take everything they've learned and apply it at five degrees to the left. They frustrated the snot out of him. And so if he, what I'm telling you is if he can get frustrated with them and he rebukes them and he chastises them, then he's chastising you as well. And maybe your neighbor and maybe down the pew and maybe out in the parking lot and maybe everywhere else. But who is God chastising you for? Who's he worried about when he's chastising you? You. So whose walk in Christ should you be worried about and focused on and stepping through? Yours. And it takes you look for, looking forward on your faith to be able to accomplish that. Now, sometimes we just want to build character, right? We'll go back to Romans 5.1. Um, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope and the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit that was given to us us, the Holy Spirit that flows through us, the conduit we are for the Holy Spirit. And sometimes to access that, guys, he says it right here. We got a glory in our tribulations, right? It's like working out. Anybody here ever worked out? Are your muscles sore the next day? Or maybe right while you're working out, they're sore because it's been a minute. (laughs) Guys, that's to make you stronger. I don't know any other way. I don't know how to sharpen a blade without losing some steel. I don't. I don't know how to get myself stronger without causing some pain, right? I don't know how to do that. And I don't know how to get your spiritual growth on track unless you allow the tribulations and you glory in them and you thank God for them because when you start thanking God in those tribulations, he'll send more your way. <laughs> Woo! Everybody's ready to leave now. <laughs> like we, were, we were getting people in here now. They're like, all right, I'm out. Um, Guys, seriously, and it becomes a what, what you want to do, right? Um, and with that, what, what, 
what am I to do? Right? What am I to do? What are, what are, what are you saying all this? And, it, and the other thing is, did I really say all this in front of my lawn a few weeks ago? Short answer, no. I didn't have to say all this up there up front. They were actively laying the groundwork. Everything I just preached on, I'll tell you in a second, they were physically doing, they were walking through right in front of my face. I don't, I'm, they're blowing leaves. And all I can see is the Spirit of God moving across my lawn and a bunch of dirty leaves that I don't even want to blow myself. Guys, in their, oh my gosh. Because they're all part of something, right? It took them all. It took them all in sync. It took them all in flow. It took them all, and what, I guess I need to unravel this a little bit. We don't have a small yard. It's a pretty big yard, and there's probably like 20-some trees in our yard, and they all drop leaves. I'm talking like two foot of leaves, guys. I'm talking about you, you like you're out there with a leaf blower on your backpack, and you're blowing a spot in the lawn, with a, and you're getting a hole, and you can see the grass. But if you look up, all you see is these leaves coming back and smacking you in the face. This is not something you can accomplish by yourself, right? And so we, we had like, there were like four guys with backpack blowers walking beside each other, snaking these leaves together, two on the outside blowing it. One guy setting up a, a pallet to suck them all out. I mean, it was, it was, it was poetic. It was, it was absolutely beautiful. They were part of a machine. They were all acting as one body. They each had their part. They weren't looking left and right. They were looking at their part. They were looking at what they needed to do. So I didn't have to talk about all that other stuff. I just talked about this. So going to Ephesians, this is Ephesians, I can't say it still. I, I struggle with English. <laughs> Sorry. That's where my kids get it. I think Drake yesterday was saying, I'm not Englishing today. I'm struggling. I'm like, I feel you, bro. All right. So Ephesians 4, um, this is 4 through 16. You guys are going to get to read this pretty good too. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and a Father of all, who is above all and through all, in all. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Anybody remember what I opened up to? My measure of faith was compared to Christ. Anybody wonder where I got that? Now you know. Now what, what does that mean for us, Right? There's one body. Anybody know what that one body is right here? You're part of it. You're in it. You're sitting in it. Even in the overflow room, still there's one body online. Hi. You're still the one body, right? Physically doesn't really matter where you are. That's how spiritual things work. Keeping going. When he ascended on high, he took the captives captives. He gave gifts to the people. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all things, all heavens, to fill all things. Did we just talk about that earlier too? We all got gifts. We all got a role to play. We all got something going on. I think uh, the last several messages, I'm pretty sure that we ran through a whole list of spiritual gifts maybe less than a month ago. Yeah, it is not about, oh, I want that one. It's not how that works either. Because I'm pretty sure somewhere in here it says he gave gifts to the people. Oh, he did it. Darn. So you don't get to pick them. Um, but on the same token, guys, you can be, we're all called to be all things. We're maybe extraordinary at one thing, 
But sometimes we got to be an evangelist. Sometimes we got to go be a missionary. Sometimes we got to be a preacher. Sometimes we got to be a teacher. But all the time, we have to show Christ through love and grace. And we go speak with a sword. Sword's right there, if anybody's wondering, right? All right, we'll keep going. Still, still in the same set of verses, guys. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ. Who's the body of Christ? Well, amen. Until we all reach unity in faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Wow. Just got hard again. So we got the same measure of faith. Now we're getting measured against whose fullness? Christ. And what does it take? Anybody miss that part? With a growing into maturity. Oh, it's off the side. There, bottom right. It's a little different on my screen. Growing into maturity. How do we mature? Did we just talk about that? All the trials and tribulations we go to, the chastising we run, that's how we mature. How do you think your kids grow up? Why do you think they get mature, more mature as they get older? It has nothing to do with time. It has to do with your coaching. It has to do with your teaching. It has to do with your preaching. Hopefully, it has to do with your evangelism that you're doing in their lives, right? We're, we're all called to that. They're a product of us, right? It's important. So why is it so important for us to be mature? Can we stop and think about that for a minute? Is it real mature for me to sit there and think about, wow, Chris Business is doing so great. He gave some people the jobs. My second cousin's third sister, she needed a job. Chris didn't ask her. <laughs> That's great. I'm happy for them, but, I mean, <laughs> we need a job too. Anybody here know Tim drives a Mercedes? It's got speakers in it. Yeah, not only does he drive a Mercedes, he puts a stereo system in there too. I mean, come on, does he, did the Holy Spirit really tell him to put a subwoofer in there? <laughs> come on, you know, I mean, Ben's looking at me like, well, yeah, it's Tim. Maybe he did, right? <laughs> does that sound real mature? Right? And so, so don't you think some of those thoughts, some of those saying, me bumping somebody beside me saying, oh, my gosh, do you see where I had to park today? Did you, see who was, did you see who was greeting today? Nobody asked me to be a door greeter. I'm pretty sure you volunteered to be a door greeter, guys. They'd probably let you. Maybe. I don't know. They could be, the hospitality team can be pretty mean. <laughs> Anyways, I'll make all kinds of friends today. Um, but does it sound real mature, right? And so, so think about that. Kate's leading this church, right? And the Holy Spirit's leading Kate. And he's bringing unity to this church, right? And who, who here is going to devise this church? Who has the ability to? I do. I got the ability. I got the ability to sit in that chair and undo everything Kate's saying by griping and complaining, by talking about Tim's Mercedes up on stage. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> right? Uh, you, but you get it, right? It's really mature. And we laugh about it. We laugh about it. But it does ring home right? It does bring home that, that, that slight bit of, 
wow, man, I'm still, I'm still waiting on it to be my turn. And that's when these people get up here and they, they give their testimony and they talk about somebody coming home. They talk about, hey, that bill magically disappeared. They talk about how a bank account had, I can't remember the amount, but like 200 some extra dollars in there and had no plan on it. And it's like, whoa, whoa, we missed my bank account, right? <laughs> what about my bank account? What about me? What about you thank God for the trials and tribulations you're going to, right? Thank God for the chastising you're going to. And thank God that that bank account showed up in his name or showed up in his, that money showed up in his bank account. Thank God that Tim gets to be, a, not only does he get to be the, one of the most coolest dudes in the room, he gets to drive around in a car and show everybody else he's cool dude too, right? Thank God Chris's business is doing well. Hallelujah. Thank God it's something he got to, People got a job and they're working. Guys, it is so easy for us to look left and look right and say, hey, what is, what is that person doing? What has that person got? Why don't I have that? I wish I... And I've had this said to me many times, guys, and I, I've, I've never actually rebuked the person for it, but I wish I had their problems. Really? Guys? Why do, you, why do you want my problems when you're not even dealing with your own? Right? In my, in my mind, that's compounding the pain, right? Or you want to swap, right? Really? Hey, somebody wants to swap? Probably anybody's game because it's like, wow, there's some stuff I'd just like to not deal with. I'd like to not reap some of what I've sown, but guess what? Christ is not going to let you do that. You don't get to do those things, so why say it? Why proclaim it? Why let it come out of your mouth? Right? And why, why is it so important for us to be mature? Well, so there will be no, so then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. Like somebody getting up here and excited about a living Bible. Right? That's, that's, it's easy to do. It's easy to fall into. Somebody talking about, well, I'm, I'm praying to one God. I just do it differently. Still one God. Doesn't make it the right one. Come on, guys. By cunning, by human cunning, with cleverness and the teachings of deceit, it's going to get worse as this gets better, right? As it gets better in these walls, as it gets better for those work, it's going to get worse everywhere else. And guys, when you, get to, when you get to revelations, there's a lot to unpack about what's going on, and it's going to be easier and easier to be deceived, guys. And it's the easiest way to be deceived is to take your eyes off of being looking forward, Looking at Christ, looking at the cross, stop worrying about other people's sin. you got plenty of your own to worry about. All right, let's pick up my spot again. But speaking the truth in love, right? That means with the sword. That's what the truth is. The truth comes from there. Jesus Christ himself, he just read it. He said it wasn't for bring peace. He said he came with a sword and he gave it to us. Let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knitted together by every supporting ligament, approached the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. We got to do our part. Stop worrying about if somebody else is doing theirs. Quit worrying about it. Do and I, This is, you know, some golf guys in here may get this. Fix your divot plus one. All right, come on. 
Stop worrying that somebody else left a divot. Look at what little Johnny did. I fixed mine. He didn't fix his. Shut your mouth. Guess who's more in the wrong? You are. You just proclaimed it. You just got out of your spiritual lane. You just let the devil take a hold of your mind and distract you. And I tell you what, the more you get going, the more dangerous you get to him, the more he'll start throwing stuff at you. And you better say, thank you, sir. Can I have another? (laughs) Bring it. Absolutely bring it. Because guess what? That's the character building stuff Paul just talked about. That's what we want. That's what we should be accepting. If you're fearing from that, that's, that's, it's okay to be scared. I get scared all the time, guys. I did something really dumb, yet really smart, yet kind of brave, yet really foolish, all at the same time. So, so there is a, we talked in Sunday school, this goes a while back, especially in my small group that I had. Um, we had a lot of really cool people. We had the fun group. We were orange, everything. No, I'm joking. You had the best group. You, joking. Um, but one thing we talked about is, hey, pray that God will show you your flaws, right? It's really hard to see the trees when the force is in your way, guys. It's really hard to know where you're walking wrong. But if you ask the Lord to show you, he will. He will absolutely do it. And let me tell you something, it is not pretty. You're going to see it in somebody driving down the road. You're going to see it in somebody at the grocery store. You may see it in yourself in the mirror when you wake up. That's the worst part. And he'll do it. He'll do it. And then you can start working on those things, right? And then you can take that a step further, and you can be a really goober butt like I was. And you can just say, you know what? I'm ready for all this. I'm ready for, just, just break me, Lord. Break me down. Break me down and remold me to what you want. I got, I'm out of the way. Do it. And he's going to do it, and it's not going to be pleasant. That's where I'm walking, right? That's where I'm walking right now. So you guys have seen me struggle with it. Cade's seen me not show up to church because of it. I sat in that small group a couple times, and I told them straight up, first words out of my mouth, if I didn't have to talk, I probably wouldn't have came in today. Because it is, it is a gut-wrenching walk that you get to go through. And nobody really sees it but yourself. And you know that you put yourself there, and you know you're there for a reason. And until somebody comes up and puts your arms around you and gives you a word from the Spirit, you think you screwed everything up. So I guess what I'm trying to say is your part is the most important part of what God wants you doing. The most important part of the Great Commission is the part you hold. The most important part of your walk with Christ is your walk with Christ. And if you can't feel like you're dragging enough people with you, don't worry about it. Because those people you aren't dragging with you are dragging you down. Keep moving forward. They'll... God will find them a path to catch up. Okay? All right. So I guess I can thank Jesus and Paul now instead of griping about them because it's crystal clear now, right? So stop whining. Understand that the Lord does say no. Understand that your walk is not somebody else's walk. And understand that just don't ever want somebody else's problems. Just own your own. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.